You are listening to The Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 200. There is power and value in going on a journey with the client to get real clear on what it is that they truly want. Not just the surface goal of what they say or even the the next layer down, but to accompany our clients in this journey of exploration, of discovery, of diving deep or going in into the to the gold mine to, to look for the vein of gold and find those nuggets of gold that are there deep in the client in the hearts of our clients. That's something that it, it, it is that that desire. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Welcome to the 200th episode of The Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, and I am so grateful to have arrived at this milestone with all of you and to have had the opportunity to bring this resource to the coaching community for these past years. As you can imagine, the wealth of content that has been offered in this show is awe-inspiring. Therefore, For this milestone, not only do I have a really special episode for you, but I am also relaunching the Star Coach website so that you can better access all of the information that has been shared over these years. Now, when you go to starcoachshow.com, you can search the shows by guest, by episode number, by topic. Perhaps you would like to access one of the shows by the more than 30 master certified coaches that have come on the show. So you would go in and search MCC and boom, all of them are going to come up. Or maybe you're looking for some marketing advice. So search for marketing and boom, all of the shows that have marketing advice are going to come up for you. I really tried to think through what could I do to best help you access all of the awesome content that has been brought forward. So one of the other things that I did was I broke the shows down into the three pillars of categories that the show focuses on. The skill building shows, the business building shows, and the shows that are focused on coaching and organizations. Now, I will let you know that I have many more planned additions to the website to make the listening experience all that more and more rich for you. And I want you to enjoy all that's available right now. So go to starcoachshow.com and check out the new website, but not until after you've listened to this wonderful show. So when I first began this journey of podcasting, I wasn't really certain how it was all going to go, but I know 
And I knew then, and I know that it's a continued desire of mine to continue to bring strategies, tools, and resources to coaches to help them bring their coaching to the world with more confidence, with more competence, and to reach prosperity. Over the years, I've had the absolute pleasure and honor to meet so many stars in our industry from across the world and to be able to share their special contributions with each of you. So for today's milestone, I really wanted to bring you additional peaks into the minds of successful coaches and to challenge them to share one thing that they know now that they wish they had known when they first started coaching. So I asked this of the coaches with true staying power. Those coaches that are featured in this episode have been coaching for 10 plus years, many of them 20 and 30 years. Each of them coaches in a variety of industries and each have different focuses. So my approach to today's show was much like my approach with my clients. I asked the question and just knew that each guest is whole and resourceful and creative. So I was open to whatever they offered in response. I asked for an audio clip in response to the question, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you first started coaching? I gave no other instructions. I was delighted with what I've received, and you will see that the responses are as unique as each person who offered them. I shared these clips with you today exactly as they arrived to me. I decided I'm not going to do any editing Well, outside of putting the show together. I just wanted you to get the wholeness of the responses that came to me. So with that being said, I want you to enjoy the variety of the responses. It was just wonderful. Some focused on personal awareness, some focused on business, others focused on the client partnership. I am confident that every single response will bring you value in some way, whether you're just beginning your coaching journey or whether you, like the contributors, are a veteran in the coaching space. I think the most difficult thing was just figuring out how to present them to you. So I worked really hard in trying to create a flow that would help you sink into each response. And I decided to start with the response from Master Certified Coach Meg Mann, co-owner of Clarity Professional Development. Hi, coaches. It's Meg Mann signing in from Lisbon, Portugal. I hope you all are doing well. And I was asked by the other Meg in Dallas to answer the question of what I wish I had known, uh, what I know now that I wish I had known when I started my coaching journey. And what comes up for me very strongly is two things that kind of go hand in hand. And it has to do with the fact that I realize I don't have to work so hard or I'm working differently. I'm approaching the coaching in a different way. And that supports uh, what I have truly discovered that there is power and value in 
going on a journey with the client to get real clear on what it is that they truly want. Not just the surface goal of what they say or even the, the next layer down, but to accompany our clients in this journey of exploration, of discovery, of diving deep or going in into the to the gold mine to, to look for the vein of gold and find those nuggets of gold that are there deep in the client in the hearts of our clients. That's something that it, it it is that that desire that maybe they weren't even aware of or they had long ago sort of stuffed stuff down and thought, oh, this is not possible. I can't really get there. And the beauty of that exploration with our clients is to, when we begin to see that glimmer, you know, we see the gold shining and it comes out through their eyes and through their energy and they're, they get this enthusiasm of, wow, yeah, that's what I really want. And this is why it's important to me. They begin to actually imagine and begin to see and feel and experience how their lives can be different because they have the possibility of bringing their heart's desire into reality to manifest it in their lives. And that is so exciting. So the more I realized the importance and the value of that journey to find that nugget of gold, it's like going on a treasure hunt with the client. When I focus on that and realize that my role is really one to just hold the space and be a co-discoverer, a co-explorer with the client in that journey, that treasure hunt, then I come at it with a very different approach. And I'm not really working hard. I'm not there as the problem solver. I'm not there with solutions or taking on so much of the responsibility. I'm there as a travel companion, uh, a co-discoverer. And through that journey, it it really is exciting for the client. It's also exciting for me because I learn about myself as well. So that is one thing that that I wish I had truly understood and integrated earlier in my practice was the willingness to dive deep and to go on the journey with the client with an open mind of, I don't know what's there. Let's just go explore together and, and see what, what's meaningful for you and how your life will change when you get there. That's what coaching is all about. So thank you for joining me and I wish you all the best and happy coaching. Thank you. Bye for now. So Meg talked about getting really clear about what the client truly wants. And that is echoed in this response from Dr. Renee Moorfield, MCC and CEO of Wisdom Works. Hi, Meg. Um, This is Renee. I love this question you sent me about what is one thing that I know now that I wish I would have known when I first started as a coach. While there are so many things, um, but that was like 30 years ago. So you've really made me pick my brain and my heart for the one thing. Um, the thing that comes to mind that I wish I would have known as a coach, and I'm sure I learned this in my coach training, but boy, it is so clear to me, um, you know, now after many years of coaching, and that is the stated goal that a client 
comes to the coaching session with is rarely their actual goal. It seems like when you get into a good coaching conversation, you find out that the, you know, the upfront problem or the upfront stated the most obvious goal actually really isn't it. There's usually a deeper goal, a deeper aspiration, a deeper challenge, a deeper need there. And it's often something around questions of meaning and purpose in life, uh, meaning and purpose at work, um, a sense of, you know, how to thrive in the middle of all the changes that we're dealing with. It's all, it's usually something much deeper and existential. So I wish I would have known that as a coach early, early on, but I definitely know that now. And thank you so much for asking. Rick Tamlin, MCC of The Bigger Game and Produce You, shares the importance of us getting our own performance anxiety out of the way so that we can truly commit to the client's dream. Hello there, Rick Tamlin here, and I love this question. What is one thing I wish I'd known starting out as a coach that I now know? Here's the simple answer, and I will try not to give it too many words. In the beginning, of course, I was worried about performance anxiety, which is about me, right? Am I a good coach? Will this work? Will the client get value? All that sort of self-oriented sort of uh, anxiety, if you will. And um, it took me a number of years to shift. Yet when I became really clear that my job was to be committed to the dream that the client wants, to the life that the client wants, to the impact the client wants, to the amount of money the client wants, whatever that over there is for that client. When I, be, when I came, when I became committed to that, it changed everything because then I will say anything, do anything, create homework in service of that dream or that thing that that client is holding for themselves. So, um, one of my favorite phrases the is the you know the antidote to performance anxiety is commitment to your client's life that's what i now know that i wish i'd known early on in my practice in this great work of coaching and leadership development there you have it keynote and two-time TEDx speaker and executive coach Andrew Bennett shares a beautiful account of self-awareness in his contribution to the show. So the question is, what's the one thing you know now that you wish you would have known when you were first starting out in coaching? And first of all, that's a great question, Meg, uh, the sign of a great coach who can find those powerful questions. Well, the one thing I wish I would have known is about self-differentiation and how being aware of, as a coach, what's going on internally for you as you engage with your client, how that impacts the coaching experience and the coaching conversation and, and what you're able to bring to your client. Because I know that because of all the things going on internally with me in a lot of early coaching conversations, I know that I wasn't able to bring my best to help the client. And I think there's two pieces to this. I think one part of it 
for me, and I know everyone won't have this, but for me, there's an ego side. And it's kind of that classic trap when you're first starting out coaching, the need to have answers, the need to be wise. And that showed up particularly for me when I worked with senior executives when I was young. And I felt like I needed to impress them. So I totally threw out the premise of coaching. I was coming from more of a consultant perspective. Like, you know, I, I thought I should be the expert and should have this great advice for people versus being able to, to do great coaching. And so there's an ego side to it. And then the other side is the fear side really getting triggered. And there would be coaching conversations where something the client would say or even just an expression or a micro expression might trigger something in me because my biggest fear is being rejected. And so I might interpret something completely benign. I might interpret it as being this person doubts me or they don't like me or they're not getting anything out of this. And, you know, all that narrative that you can make up, it's all based on assumptions. But when you have uh, a lot of the, the really powerful imprinting that I had from being a kid about rejection, uh, that kind of is, I don't want to affirm this, but it's kind of my operating system. And so... I think if I would have been aware of that, more conscious of it, and then done work on myself to learn how to manage that, I've done a lot of work on myself, but not specifically in that area of self-differentiating so that when I would get into a coaching conversation and, and I at least would have the awareness of, okay, there's that compulsion to have an answer or to appear wise uh, or watch this, I'm really going to impress them with my insight now. Um, if I could have recognized that and just said, okay, yeah, there's that. And I know that that can happen with me. And let's just let that go. Let's be mindful about it and let it go and come back and be present. Because that narrative that happens when the ego steps in or when uh, you get triggered there's a second narrative, you know, you're listening to your client and then you're also listening to yourself. And with both of those dynamics, the ego and the fear, you've got the biochemistry that kicks in that really makes it challenging to kind of extract yourself from your own stuff and really be present for your client. So I, I just wish that I would have been aware of that dynamic and done more work on it. I'm still working on it. I mean, right? We're all a work in progress and we all work to manage these things. But that's one thing I know now that I really wish. I think it really kept me from offering my best to my clients. As Andrew discussed in his clip, that very fear of bringing value or needing to be wise may take hold of us and actually get in the way. And that's the very thing that Alison Hendren, MCC, brings forward in her answer. Hi, this is Alison Hendren, CEO and founder of Coaching Out of the Box. So what's the one thing that, that I know now that I wish I'd known when I first got started as a coach? 
that I am not responsible for fixing or solving their challenge or issue or problem or whatever it is. It's my job to support them in finding their way and to focus fully on that. And I got really hung up that instantly I had to know everything about their situation and I had to fix their challenge. Hope this is helpful. Happy coaching. Bye. I found the pattern of the responses that I received to be so interesting. Several of the responses had an underlying theme of being true to yourself, to your passions, to your values, to your strengths, whether it was in respect to your niche, your marketing, the kind of business you decide on, the kinds of clients that you're going to see. Jean Opplinger, Master Certified Coach, Insights Facilitator, and Master Personal Brand Strategist, as well as being a Gallup Strengths Coach, asked me to jump on a quick call with her to get her perspective on this. And this is what she had to say. Jean, thanks for joining me to do this. What do you know now that you wish you had known when you were first starting your coaching business? That's such a great question. So after 20 years of being an executive coach, what I know now is that it's very important to follow my passions, values, and strengths, as well as me doing that for my clients. And how that translates into a business is that I went very broad initially as an executive coach. And if I was doing it over again, I would listen to those that counseled me to go narrow and deep. In other words, find that specialty that I am so passionate about, be it an audience, be it a topic topic area, a subject matter expert, because there is that in coaching. So while broad is not bad, I just am relishing in the depth when I've gone to personal branding, personality assessments, and strengths-based leadership. So a little bit narrower would be the thing I'd do different. So good. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And you take care. You're welcome. Be well, okay? You too. Kathleen Stinnett, MCC, Principal and Founder of Future Launch, talks about the importance of being true to yourself when it comes to the clients that you work with. Hi, I'm Kathleen Stinnett. One of the things I really wish I understood clearly earlier was how important it is to find the client groups that you most want to work with, the clients that you're most attracted to support and help. One of the questions I always ask myself and my sweetie, who's also a coach, is when we have a fit conversation, did you like the client? Do you really enjoy and find some qualities about the client that you really admire? because you're going to be doing a lot of essential and critical and important work with that person. So be bold, discern early who you really want to work with and who you enjoy working with, because it will make a huge difference. Positive psychology specialist and creator of Mindful Stepping, Eileen Schaefer, talks about the importance of being true to that which she knows brings value to her clients. First off, congratulations. 
Meg, on hitting 200 episodes. That is so exciting. And what a gift to the coaching community. So thank you. If I were to look back and think about what I wish I would have known when I first started coaching, it would be the importance and value of having a health action and a connection action every single time I met with a client. And I do that now. However, I didn't used to do that when I first started my practice almost 20 years ago. So I walk with my clients. So I've always known how important movement is. It moves not only our body, but it moves our mind. And movement helps us get unstuck. It helps with problem solving, creativity. It lowers stress. So we know it's important. And so I always walked with my clients, but I never had them follow up with an action in between meetings. Now, when I end a session with a client, we obviously set whatever they want as their goal in between sessions. So they have their action item that they've identified. And then I also ask them to select an action item within the health realm, as well as the connection realm. And I'll get to there in a moment. But the health realm is, it can be exercise, it can be nutrition, it could be sleep, all these things that contribute to our life and work well-being. So I have noticed such a shift in my clients now that they always have something in that health space that they're working on in between our coaching sessions. So that is number one, is a health action. Number two is a connection action. And a connection action is so important, particularly during this time of COVID, where there's so much social distancing that we have to do. How do we remain connected? So clients always leave with a a connection action, and it could be a professional connection action, or it could be something that's within their personal life, a human who they want to somehow connect with. It could be a close friend. It could be someone they've lost touch with, but some kind of contact with somebody important to them. So those are the two things that I do regularly now and have done for quite a while. And I wish I did that sooner because I see the impact on people when they feel good, their body, mind, and soul feels good, and when they feel connected, both personally and professionally. So those are my two things. And again, congratulations. So proud of what you've accomplished. The importance of being true to who you are and the values you hold also apply to the way that you build your business and market yourself. Let's start with author and executive coach, Dr. Ann Deaton's thoughts about that very thing. Good morning, Meg. Well, I I love that you've asked another great question. What's one thing I wish I'd known when I first started as a coach? The thing that came immediately to mind for me is that I wish I'd known that all the great advice that people gave me with absolute certainty about how much their advice would help me, that it was fine to listen to their advice and just put it in a bucket of possibilities. Really, as I've, as I've worked as a coach for the last 18 years or so, what I realize is the most important thing is to always be true to yourself. One of the recommendations I got early on was how to work a room and how to qualify each person in the room as a potential coaching client. I knew even at the time that that was 
not something I could see myself doing, not even something I would enjoy or or feel in integrity with myself if I really looked at people as just recruitable objects. And and I found it really concerning that that was the approach that a coach needed to take. Of course, as I thought more about it, I realized, wow, that's the approach that that coach took, not the one I need to take. And so I think that's that's the thing I would say is I learned be true to myself, listen to others, and then really check in with my gut and choose what works for me. Thanks for the thought-provoking question this morning, Meg, and I look forward to hearing what others say. Personal branding and social selling specialist, Mary Henderson, sent me her response about being true to yourself, to your values, and to your passions all the way from Melbourne, Australia. I think one of the things that I wish, I wish that I knew back when I started my coaching business that I know now is to not believe what you see on social media as for real. You know, the guru coaches that promote their mansions and their Lamborghinis and their magic sales funnels and their magic scripts and how you can become, you know, a successful high ticket coach overnight. I wish that I didn't spend so much time trying to follow that formula. And when I say a long time, I don't mean years, you know, I mean, you know, it really was about uh, around the nine month to 12 month mark where I realized, oh my God, this is not going anywhere. And, and then I challenged the status quo. And I wish that I had done that right at the beginning because that's who I am. You know, I'm comfortable in disrupting. I'm comfortable in challenging the status quo. And when I did challenge the coaching model status quo, something magical happened. And that was that my version of creating a coaching business worked because what I did was bring in my the passions and the things that I knew for sure. And when I merged them together, I could see that my framework was complete and utter common sense. And when I applied that framework, I started to see immediate results. You know, people were starting to notice me. I started to create a brand for myself. My social currency started to grow and increase. And of course, that transpires into business. And so challenging the status quo is really important. Following what everybody else is doing to me is a red flag. That's the danger zone that we really need to step out of because there is no one size fits all. We're all individual humans. We all have a genius zone. We all actually know how to do what we do and sure, learning and upgrading our skills is a critical part of growth. But following your competitors is the most dangerous thing that you can do. And that's the one thing that I know for sure right now is that I don't follow any of my competitors. I have 100% conviction in what it is that I do and what it is that I bring to the table. You know, my entire program is completely results and outcome driven. 
and that's where I want to stay. You know, I want to be one of those people that, you know, can fulfill my promise when I'm working with a client. I don't want to be one of those coaches that are in it for the transaction because that's a short-term fix. And that's what I think a lot of people don't know when they start their coaching business is that they're following the shiny uh, objects, the people who are claiming to be multimillionaires And then those multimillionaires disappear off the face of the earth, you know, within within a short period of time. So these are hardcore lessons that I had to learn, but critical lessons in order to move forward and be the coach that I always wanted to be, that 100% matches who Mary is at her core level and most importantly matches my value system. For some, being true to yourself may mean that the consulting process is a better match than pure coaching for you. And while you may value the coaching skills of listening deeply and using inquiry to gain a better understanding for your clients, a path of consulting may be better suited to who you are. And that is what Terry Levine learned about herself in her journey. Hi, this is Terry Levine from heartrepreneur.com. And the one thing that I do know now, 26 years later, that I wish I would have known when I just started out as a coach is that what really is important is getting a result for clients, not just saying to them, you know the answer, or if you did know, what would the answer be? And truly having a bigger skill set, a consulting skill set of which coaching is a very small part versus focusing on only the skills of coaching and missing out on the consulting part where I truly can give strategy and advice, where I can guarantee my client family members a real result. And as soon as I figured that out, which I think was in my second year in this industry, not only was I able to make a guarantee, which I do 200% return on investment, or I pay you all your money back plus $5,000, the difference is that people literally find me every single day. They raise their hand through what I call reverse marketing, and they ask to work with me versus any other quote-unquote coach because I have coaching as a skill set and I have consulting as the larger skill set. Thanks for listening. Again, Terry Levine from heartrepreneur.com. I love this next response given by Teresa Poole, MCC, from Transitions for Business. Because very truthfully, it's something I really struggle with and I have to remind myself of, and I'm not really where I need to be yet with this one. So great advice, Teresa. Well, first of all, Meg, I want to thank you for asking this question. What is one thing that you know now that you wish you would have known when you were first starting as a coach? Because it created some really good food for thought for me. And it was hard to narrow it down. There were so many like tips and tricks and things. But I think what it really boiled down to for me, the thing that would have really made a difference is that when 
starting my business, starting out as a coach, because you know, if you build it, they won't come, right? You've got to get out there and, and really meet people and connect. But I think if I had known that, or believed perhaps, that trying to do it all myself, right? To save money back when there was none and there was no income coming in and it was a scary thing. But if I had known then that the investment in others, especially a virtual assistant, having a virtual assistant now, I look back and go, oh, my practice would have ramped up so much faster if I had hired someone that could do all of those detailed things. The things that, yes, I can certainly do and I'm really good at it, but then I could spend my time doing what was more important for me in terms of a coach, you know, someone that understood social media, that under, that could take some of the heavy lifting for the website and getting business cards and all the startup things, spent way too much time doing that myself, you know, sitting at my desk and banging all that out when I could have ramped up so much faster making the investment in a really good virtual assistant. So that's my one thing that I narrowed it down to. Thank you again for asking that question. And I look forward to hearing all of the wisdom that you're gathering on this. It should be an exciting 200th episode. Bye-bye. The final two responses that I will share with you in this 200th episode are both given by master certified coaches and both focus on the journey and the process that we go through when building businesses and growing as coaches. Let's begin with professional certified success unlimited network coach and coach trainer, Diane Ingram. Hi, Meg, this is Diane Ingram. One thing that I know now that I wish I would have known back then was to trust the process. I remember when I first began my business as a coach, I felt like I was on a roller coaster. I would get a new client and I'd be so excited or someone would decide not to take my program and I'd be really forlorn. So what I've learned over the years is just to trust the process. There's flow to it. Sometimes it's flowing, you know, like a fast running river, and sometimes it's slowed down to a trickle, but that it ebbs and flows and um, to trust the process. Thanks for asking. And finally, from a pioneer in our coaching industry, author and international speaker, Fran Fisher. I think this is a particularly poignant clip for any of you who may be facing the discomfort, the challenge, the self-doubt that can come with growth and learning. I think that this will give you hope. Hi, Meg. Congratulations on your 200th milestone. You have been contributing such great value for coaches and, and to the growth of our profession. Thank you. Thank you. All right. What I know now that I wish I had known when I first started coach, being a coach, was this. And it's the wisdom of hindsight, right? Well, the journey to get here today has been fraught with ups and downs, breakthroughs, breakdowns, seasons of bliss, seasons of struggle, proud moments, humbling moments, primarily humbling for sure. We say in coaching, trust the process, right? 
Well, I've discovered it applies in life. What I wish I had known then is how to trust the process like it's an unfolding adventure. The process of of growing who I choose to be and who I want to be being as a coach and a career, all, all of that. Trusting that process like like it's an unfolding adventure instead of all my second guessing and uh, judging myself less than compared to others, uh, doubting myself, you know, entertaining, you know, attached to being uncertain, uncertainty. Well, through all of that, what I have learned and now believe is this, all has always been in divine order, regardless of appearances or my judgment of it. Good, bad, I like it, I don't like it, this is hard, regardless. And I am learning. I'm learning to embrace what is and trust the process. And it is paying dividends. I'm experiencing in my life today more ease, more peace, more joy, and fun. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you, Fran, and all of the coaches who contributed to this milestone episode and gave us a peek into your learning through your journey. It's so valuable wherever you are in your coaching journey. I hope that the information that was shared today, as well as the information that's shared each and every week on the show, is helpful to you and that you come back and visit us each week for the newest episode of the Star Coach Show. Next week, I am joined by financial coach Tracy Bissett. She is going to talk to us about making our money make sense, what we need to pay attention to, how we create a business plan. She gives lots of tips and strategies. You're going to enjoy it. She even gives a little takeaway for you. So be sure to come back next week when I visit with Tracy Bissett. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving a rating and review wherever you listen to the show. That encourages new listeners to find us. I want to invite you one more time to come visit the new website at starcoachshow.com. Particularly if you're new to the show, you can explore and find all the things that have come before this episode that maybe you've missed. And finally, I invite you to join me every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern for Wednesday's Wisdom on the Star Coach Facebook page, where I'll answer your coaching questions and share a bit of inspiration to help you in your journey. This is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have an awesome week.